0: In episode number 1, entitled Eli and his Belial sons, we talked about how Eli's sons were corrupt. God desired a faithful priest. Eli's sons had run amuck in the tabernacle and he refused to discipline them. God warned him three times and still Eli didn't fire them. Fed up God took out both his sons in battle and Eli upon hearing the tragic news, fell backward on the chair and broke his neck. The men in his lineage were not to reach the flower age. God allowed Abiathar, who was a part of Eli's lineage, to live through the reign of David and Solomon. I mention Eli and his sons because Samuel's life is woven through their story. We are going back to the beginning of Samuel. In this episode, we will discuss the relationships between Elkanah, Hannah, and Peninnah. God uses Hannah's prayer and barrenness to fulfill his purpose. Let's get started.
1: The first book of Samuel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 28. Verse 1 Now there was a certain man of Ramatham Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was the son of Jeraham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tovu, the son of Zoph, an Ephraimite.
0: It gives us the location of Elkanah's hometown, and from whence he came.
1: Verse 2 And he had two wives, the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children.
0: In this verse, we learn that Hannah and Panina are sister wives. Panina is the baby maker and Hannah is the barren one. Barren is a term used for women with closed wombs. It was common in at least six instances in the Bible that the favored wife was barren while the less loved one was fertile and the baby maker. The women dedicated their sons back to the Lord. We will discuss the other women in later episodes. Let us now discuss polygamy. The Bible doesn't tell us whether God approved or disapproved of polygamy. It only suggests that He allowed polygamy. Societies were male-driven, and the women were uneducated and untrained. The women depended on their husbands, fathers, and brothers for protection and provisions. If a woman was unmarried with no support, she could have been subjected to prostitution, slavery, and or starvation. The term Mishnah is the oral tradition Jewish law and the first part of the Talmud. Which was the law at that time? Jewish law ordained that when a couple had not produced a child within the first ten years of marriage, the husband was obligated to take a second wife in order to fulfill the commandment of being fruitful and multiplying. Elkanah was compelled to marry Panina. Hannah may also have suggested a second wife due to her inability to conceive.
1: Verse 3 This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there.
0: Elkanah went to the tabernacle in Shiloh where Eli and his two sons were.
1: Verse 4 And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and daughters.
0: After Elkanah made his offering to God and the priest, he would give Peninnah enough meat for her and the children she birthed.
1: Verse 5 But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb.
0: Elkanah gave Hannah the proportionate amount for her, and a son had she conceived. I believe he felt sorry for her and was trying to compensate for her pain.
1: Verse 6 And her rival also provoked her severely, to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb.
0: Now the Bible says that Penina would taunt Hannah severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. I imagine Panina thinking while looking at her getting double portions. She's not the one around here getting fat and nursing children year after year. Half of the time she is walking around here crying and looking sad. She doesn't even eat, why would she need a double portion?
1: Verse 7 So it was, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her, Therefore she wept and did not eat.
0: Peninnah probably chose the feast to pick on Hannah because others were around and it made her feel superior unlike when they were at home. At the feast the spotlight would be on her and all the children she bore Elkanah. Her fertility was on full display as was Hannah's barrenness.
1: Verse 8 Then Elkanah her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons?
0: Isn't that just like a man thinking that his love would fill the void? You do know that God purposely places voids within his children that only he can fill? We think that stuff and people can fill the void, but if you live long enough you realize that only the love of God can fill that empty space.
1: Verse 9 So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord.
0: Eli probably was thinking, here comes Hannah again. Everyone knows what she'll be praying for. This time when Hannah went to pray things were different. She probably had left the table plenty of times before to pray, but this time she was going to let God know the pain and suffering that she endured. I would think that she wondered why was she being punished.
1: Verse 10 And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish.
0: Hannah was done with praying those cute, customary prayers. She cried out to God and allowed him to feel her anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly. Was it something that she had done? That was what everyone was saying behind her back, especially down at the marketplace. It had been ten years or more and her husband had taken on another wife to do what she couldn't. Though she was angry and hurt at her predicament, she didn't allow the heaviness of her words to be overheard.
1: Verse 11 Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head.
0: The meaning of no razor shall come upon his head is that the Lord would guide Samuel's life, and nothing would come between Samuel's service to the Lord. I think this might have been the first time that Hannah had made a vow to God. She would make the ultimate sacrifice by giving what she desired most back to the Lord. God was probably smiling thinking okay now I can implement my plan. I'm telling you listeners never make a vow to God if you don't plan on keeping it. It makes him very angry. Sometimes he will take the gift you asked for away.
1: Verse 12 and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth.
0: So now Eli is sitting there watching Hannah. He noted that her lips were moving, but he couldn't hear her words. Y'all know Eli was being
1: nosy. Verse 13 Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk.
0: Eli was like, No, Hannah ain't in here drunk.
1: Verse 14 So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you.
0: Now Eli is flat out accusing Hannah of praying to the Lord while being drunk.
1: Verse 15 But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink but have poured out my soul before the Lord.
0: Eli is eyeing her suspiciously.
1: Verse 16 Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now.
0: She submitted her complaint to God. She would never share her innermost thoughts with Eli. The high priest's job was to be the link between God and the people. I'm sure Eli knew of her inability to conceive. I wonder since he had God's ear didn't he put a bug in saying look this woman is crying all the time and she wants a baby. God probably would have responded that she needed to come to him herself. That's what gets me about some preachers or priests they assume you need to go through them to talk to the Lord and that is so untrue. I talk to God every morning.
1: Verse 17 Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him.
0: Eli realizes that he misjudged the situation. If he knew like I do, he should have been chastising his sons. He gives the, you know, customary go in peace, and sends her on her way.
1: Verse 18 And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad.
0: Hannah was asking Eli to look kindly on her and to pray for her. She had no earthly idea what plans God had for Eli and his sons. She was better off asking her sister wife that hated her to pray for her. Now that she had laid her burdens on the Lord her disposition changed. When Hannah came back Penina eyed her suspiciously. Why is she smiling, when she got up she hadn't touched anything on her plate. She comes back smiling and eating? I imagine that Hannah pulled up to the table like Sophia from the color purple. Oh. Sophia home, now. Sophia home. Things is gonna be changing around here.
1: Verse 19 Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her.
0: After worship, the family returned home. Then it says Elkanah knew his wife. In layman's terms, that means they got busy. But, more importantly, the Lord remembered Hannah.
1: Verse 20 So, it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord.
0: Hannah, who had been barren some say 19 years, and finally she had a son. I would have imagined that the Lord was testing her faith year after year.
1: Verse 21 Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow.
0: Elkanah and his family continued to travel to Shiloh to make their yearly sacrifices.
1: Verse 22 But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever.
0: Hannah decides not to go to Shiloh until Samuel is weaned. I think she wanted to spend as much time as she could with her only son.
1: Verse 23 So Elkanah her husband said to her, Do what seems best to you, wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him.
0: Elkanah tells Hannah to do what she thinks is best. The weaning time in biblical days was between three to nine years of age. Note that since Hannah has given birth to Samuel, we haven't heard a peep from Penina. Where's all the bragging? Where are all the jokey jokes now?
1: Verse 24 Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young.
0: There is a discrepancy between whether it was three bulls or one three-year-old bull. We are going to go with the three bulls. Hannah's offering was in accordance with her times and followed the instruction of Abraham, an ephah of flour is equivalent to about ten days' worth of flour. Skin of wine, a leathered animal skin, usually from goats or sheep, filled with wine. Hannah offered her very best to God and it wasn't the bulls, the flour, nor the wine, she offered her one and only son. Does this remind you of another offering of a son in the New Testament?
1: Verse 25 Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli.
0: Elkanah killed the bull prior to presenting the child to Eli.
1: Verse 26, And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here, praying to the Lord.
0: Hannah reminds Eli of the time that she wept and prayed to the Lord, and, yes, the time he accused her of being drunk.
1: Verse 27, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him.
0: She continues, She petitioned the Lord for a son, and the Lord answered her prayer, and here is the proof.
1: Verse 28, Therefore I also have lent him to the Lord, as long as he lives he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. She
0: remarks that she made a vow to the Lord, that if he granted her wish that she would lend, give, him to the Lord for service.
1: 1 Samuel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Verse 1, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, I smile at my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. Verse 2, No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Verse 3, Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Verse 4, The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Verse 5, Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren is born seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. Verse 6, the Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. Verse 7, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Verse 8, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. Verse 9, he will guard the feet of his saints but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. Verse 10 The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Verse 11 Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah. But the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest.
0: This is Hannah's poem of praise to the Lord. She includes Penina and reminds her of the days that she mocked, ridiculed, and she gives all praises to God. Hannah doesn't give just lip service, please God do this and I'll do that. She drops the boy off to spend the rest of his life in service to God as she had promised. Elkanah goes back home. Samuel is in high priest training with the Lord and Eli. We pick up in chapter 2 verses 18 through 21, 26 and 35. I'm going to skip around a bit. I only want to focus on Elkanah, his family, and Eli. We've already discussed Eli and his Belial sons in podcast number one.
1: Verse 18 But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing an ephod linen.
0: Samuel attended to the needs of others. He did this early on in life. He wore a linen ephod, which is a sleeveless garment worn by Jewish priests.
1: Verse 19 Moreover his mother used to make him a little robe, and bring it to him year by year when she came with her husband to offer yearly sacrifice.
0: Hannah would make robes yearly for Samuel when they went to Shiloh. I'm sure Hannah was very proud of her son and knew she had done the right thing.
1: Verse 20 And Eli would bless and his Elkanah wife, and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home.
0: Eli blesses Elkanah and Hannah because of their sacrifice.
1: Verse 21 And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile the child Samuel grew before the Lord.
0: Had Hannah not kept her vow, I doubt that God would have blessed her with more children. And Samuel's fate probably would have drastically been different. Remember that Hannah only had five children. This will be important in the end.
1: Verse 26 And the child Samuel grew in stature, and in favor both with the Lord and men. Verse 35 Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed forever.
0: Samuel was favored in the view of the Lord and men. He was truly the faithful priest that God had raised up for himself. And if you listened to episode number four, you would know that Samuel's service was stellar. According to Midrash, Hannah would give birth to one child and Panina would bury two, Hannah bore four, and Panina buried eight. When Hannah was pregnant with her fifth child, Panina feared that now she would bury her last two children. She went to Hannah and told her, I know that I have sinned against you. I beg you, pray for me, so that my two remaining sons will live. Hannah prayed to God and said, please, leave her two sons and let them live. God responded, by your life, they deserve to die, but since you have prayed that they live, I will call them by your name. Thus, even though Hannah bores five children, she says in her prayer that she bears seven children. She includes Penina's two remaining children. Panina had become pitiful, sad, and abandoned. The woman in the beginning of this story was so fertile with life and bore, ten children taunted the barren woman, who wasn't the giver of life. But God I like the sound of that but God, had opened a once closed womb of the barren one due to her vow and sacrifice made to him. She finally bores five children. In the end, the baby maker had to repent to the barren one and ask her to plead to God to spare the lives of her remaining two sons. God did, but he took the time away from her being a mother and gave it to Hannah. All the pain she exacted on Hannah was now placed on her by God, and there was absolutely nothing that she could do about it. Be careful who you bully lest they make a vow to God and turn you into Penina, not only with children, but all that you consider valuable. All of Penina's children were taken away from her except two sons. That had to have hurt for your children to call your nemesis mother. We see bullying in the world from the presidency, to our families, relatives, neighbors, managers, and bosses. What God says, F4, colon 31-32, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, and clamor, and slander, be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, and forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. If you are in a situation where there is bullying involved, reach out to https colon www.stopbullying.gov.